and uh, open it up to Luke chapter 9. We're going to look there in a minute. Um, we're going to uh, continue our series uh, called Yes. And, um, but before we do, I want to say thanks to, uh, thanks to David Delaney last Sunday. Brought a great message on discipleship. Who can remember the, the hashtag that he dropped off on that one? Hello. Well done. Surrender your agenda. Discipleship 101. Surrender your agenda. Good teacher, mate. Got through. <laughs> they were able to recite it back. That's that. You've got to understand when you can hear back what you've fed, when you hear it back, it's like, yes. <laughs> You'd be how amazed at how much that encourages teachers, not just here in church, but, you know, in schools and all sorts of places. Um, so, Isaac, can we put the... Um, PowerPoint up on the on the screen there. Um, this morning we're going to talk about. It's called naturally supernatural. We'll find that in a minute. While those guys are finding that, um, one of the things that totally flipped my life around was in 1990 when I went to a conference and I saw for the very first time the power of God fall on a person, and not only just to touch them with the love of God, but to heal them physically in a very dramatic form, right in front of my eyes. And uh, at that time, I was 20 years of age, and I was doing my theological studies, and I kind of felt like I'd, yep, got a handle on God, built the framework, yep, understand God, and um, let's go. And then I went to this conference, it was a vineyard conference in Sydney, and um, in this crowd of about 10,000 people, um, there was an opportunity to pray for people in the crowd. And, and um, so there was a word that was spoken from the front where someone, it was uh, John Wimber said, look, God, I think God wants to heal people with back conditions. Uh, you know, crowd of 10,000 people, it's like, yeah, well, surely there's someone here with a back condition. I wake up with one most mornings. But anyway, it's like, you know, that was my sort of level of like, oh yeah, that was from the Lord. Well, anyway, sure enough, there's this lady two rows in front of me and she puts her hand up. And uh, as it turns out, this dear woman um, had one leg that was dramatically shorter than the other and also had a hump, uh, like a, I'm trying to, the official term of it, but it's a big hump on her shoulder, her back, the curvature of her spine was rather pronounced. Anyway, so we prayed. Uh, Wimber said, all right, you people around them, get your hands on them and pray and ask for the kingdom to come, do what Jesus does, invite the Holy Spirit and follow the nuances of God. God's with you, get to it. And so we, we did. And uh, over the course of an hour or so, that was the most dramatic experience of my life, to see this woman physically healed in front of my eyes. Her leg grew so much so that she couldn't wear the shoe anymore that she came with because it had a heel on it and so it no longer worked because it was not the right... because <laughs> her leg was back to normal length. And the hump on her back, just it was like a balloon. It was like as if a balloon under her shirt had just been deflated and it just dissipated and then the sound of her spine being corrected under the power of God was, was actually a bit, a bit gross. It was a bit gross. It was a bit sweaty. It was very messy uh, and, and lots of tears. And yet at the same time, it was like the most exciting thing that I had 
ever been a part of or seen. To think that I just saw this person physically healed in front of my eyes. And at that moment, I was like, two things happened for me. The first was my little box where I'd put God in all of a sudden got blown up. And I was like, my response to God in that moment was, God, I really don't know you. I really don't know you. But the other part of that, the other side of the coin of the God, I really don't know you was, God, I really want to know you more. And so it set me on this journey and this pursuit. You know, in giving God our yes for another year, we're also saying to God, I invite you, God, to immerse me in the life of your kingdom where you rule and reign and you are Lord. And it's also in saying yes to God for another year, his kingdom is a kingdom where signs, wonders and miracles are all part of our daily experience. Remember, a kingdom is not a location. The kingdom of God is not a location. The kingdom of God is where the effective, powerful, dynamic, loving rule and reign of God breaks through and is established in the earth right now through his son Jesus. Did you know that one of the distinctives that we're known for here in the vineyard is being naturally supernatural? You might want to jump to uh, slide number three for us, Isaac. Um, naturally supernatural. I've just grabbed it there so you could, um, if you want to go and have a look at our distinctives a bit more about who we are, I encourage you to go and visit the Vineyard Australia website, vineyard.org.au, and you'll see the little link there and you can read all about this stuff. But it says there this, God has been working miracles throughout human history and he still does today. And as his people, we can walk in his power to bring his kingdom. Going about our lives naturally, We pray for healing and miracles and listen to God's voice in all circumstances. So just on to the next slide. Thanks, Isaac. So um, just to put it in a little bit of context, it's not our only distinctive and it's actually not, we don't own the distinctive. Let let me just say that because there's other parts of the body of Jesus that also share that. But this is something that along the way we think that God's asked us specifically to carry as a distinctive, as the vineyard people. And, but that just puts it in its bigger context as well. So it's not the only club in, in, in the golf kit, but it's a strategic and important club necessary to get around the, co- the golf course in the course of a day. So, you know, it's right up there with everyone gets to play, the main and the plain, the now and the not yet of the kingdom of God. Come as you are, but don't stay as you are. There it is, whack, naturally supernatural. Remember the poor. Faith is spelt R-I-S-K. Come, Holy Spirit, we're worshippers of God and rescuers of people. We are people of who are churches who plant churches and we equip the saints. They're the, they're the kind of things when people say, you vineyard people, this is what they often tag with us. This is how they describe us. These things, like I said, are not unique to us, but we do know that God has asked us to carry them in a unique way. Uh, when um, a few years ago uh, I was up in Cambodia with uh, John Watson from Vineyard um, Southern Cross down in uh, Newcastle, 
New South Wales. We were up in Cambodia together and we were there with a couple of three other people, uh, Cameron and Beck and um, Clark from Vineyard Churches in New Zealand. And we were up there just exploring, hey, what does God want us as, as vineyard movements to do in seeing the vineyard established in Cambodia? And so we were up there and we, we just, and, and here's our strategy, okay? Here's our strategy. Hang on to it. It's rocket science. What we do is we sort of put the word out, oh, we're coming to town. One of us brings a guitar. Another one brings a Bible. We sit in a room. We sing to Jesus. And then all of a sudden, people who hear us singing, they go, they're singing our song. We've been waiting for this. And this is often the way people find their way into the vineyard. All of a sudden, it's like, they're singing the song that's in my heart. They're doing the kingdom the way that I've always known it should be done. And they find themselves by the Holy Spirit drawn into this group. So anyway, we had this little room of about, I don't know, there was probably about a dozen of us in, in the room at the time. But there was this one gentleman there, and his name was John as well. And, um, and he, uh, he was sharing with the group that he had... Uh, suffered a leg injury or a hip injury from a car that had crashed into him when he was a young man. Car crashed into him, hip surgery he had, that he had done in Vietnam, and it, it never healed properly. It was all messy and clunky, and as a result of it, he couldn't walk without a limp. But the big thing was he couldn't ride his bicycle anymore because his leg and his hip weren't all together and working. And anyway, as he's sharing this story... I'm just looking across the room at John Watson and I'm going, oh, this is a Captain Obvious moment. We're being stitched up here by God. It doesn't actually take someone to be super supernatural. You only got to be naturally supernatural to realise I'm getting set up. Anyways, so I said to um, John, I said, you know what? I think we should just pray and ask God to heal you. And he went, okay. And then I'm, I'm trying to remember, there was a young man with us that was there it wasn't the interpreter, but I couldn't... I was trying to think of his name, but I can't remember it. But anyway, he was there. He was probably about 20 years of age. And he was kind of like very wide-eyed and open, like, what's going on here? And I just reached over and over to him and I said, Hey, come on, I'll show you how to heal the sick. And so he came over and we had John sit down on a chair with his legs out. And obviously one was quite shorter than the other and and then I said to the young guy I said here get down on your knees and we'll get down on our knees together and then I want you to put your hands on his legs and so he's looking at me like like what do I do here you know and we've also got a bit of an interpreter and the English was a bit broken but it was all clunky but it was happening and so anyway I gave him a few little instructions. I said, just speak to the leg that's been broken and the hip. And I said, just speak to it as if you were talking directly to it and tell it to be healed. Well, he said that. He said, you know, be healed, hip, in Jesus' name. Well, you know, nothing much was going on. Nothing much was happening. I said, hang in there. Don't, don't quit yet. Just hang on. Let's give it a minute. Well, anyway, the power of God then falls on John. And John starts shaking under the Holy Spirit's presence. And so I said to this young guy, I said, look at that. God's touching this man. I said, 
here's a good prayer to pray at a moment like this. And he looks at me. I said, just say, more, Lord. And so he did. He, he said, more, Lord. And when he said, more, Lord, it was like the power in the room just increased tenfold. And this guy's really under the power of the Holy Spirit at this point. And then I said to him, I said, now, mate, now, tell that leg, grow <laughs> to get into a right alignment, you know. So he speaks to the leg and he says, grow, leg. And I said, that's it. That's a great prayer. Keep praying like that. Grow, leg, grow. Well, to, to the wonder of all of us in the room, John's leg starts to grow out. And it grew like a couple of inches. It was a very dramatic moment. We're all in the room and we're going, whoa, whoa, this is actually happening. This is a moment. It's actually happening in front of our eyes. And anyway, at the end of all of that, John stands up and, he, and he's walking without the, the hobble that he had. He's just walking naturally and beautifully. And the joy that was on, on John at the end of that, he was able to go home, tell his wife, and then he was able to ride his bike around and tell us about how he was able to ride his bike again. It was so, it was so amazing. But in that one moment, not only did John get healed, and we still have a relationship with John today, and I could introduce you to him if you'd like, um, he got healed. But that young man, that young man that was um, equipped and discipled all in the space of about 20 minutes in the things of Jesus and the power of the Spirit about being naturally, supernaturally endowed by God to do the kingdom work, we couldn't get rid of him for the rest of the week. We couldn't get rid of him. It was like every time we'd come out, you know, downstairs for breakfast or whatever, there he is. We're going over here. Here he comes. It's like we could not get rid of him. So everywhere we went, we just kept saying, mate, what you did there, do it over there. What you did there, do it over there. And, and before you know it, he had like, a, like, I don't know, a dozen or more young men around him who were all like, we want to do what you're doing. We want to do what you're doing. This is, the, this is the nature of being a people who live in the kingdom of God, naturally supernatural. If we can pop up the next slide, the fifth slide, thanks. Jordan Singh, great little book called Miracle Work, if you ever get the chance to read it. But he says this, he says, Kingdom work has been more about devotion than expertise and the pursuit of God's, God's empowerment. Uh, it always draws us into God's heart. He's never satisfied with a mere show of power when he can also demonstrate his lowliness and love. So the one-two rhythm of the kingdom is power and meekness, strength plus vulnerability, authority with humility, glory with grit. I love that, glory with grit, glory with grit. This is why supernatural power requires other than natural living. It's why miracles are messy, are messy things, and here's hoping that God messes up your life. What a great, just what a great snapshot. What a wonderful statement there. But you see the See the wonder and the beauty that, that Jordan's really articulating there. Um, hey, before we read the Bible together, can we pray that prayer we've been, we've been praying together for the last few weeks? Why don't we go to the, the, the next slide, if we could, thanks. And we'll all, we'll all stand together. And let's, let's pray this prayer together. Let's stand and pray where we can. 
Let's pray. Jesus, in this new season, I invite you to shape my life and set the direction of my year. I listen to your word. I long to imitate your works and I welcome your spirit as I fix my eyes on you. Amen. Thanks, folks. Grab a seat. Hey, open your Bible up, Luke chapter 9. If you don't have your Bible with you, um, and if you are disciplined enough to not get digitally distracted by all the other apps that are on your phone, open your Bible app. Open your Bible app. I mean, it's going to take discipline to do that. Just, like, stay focused. Stay focused, because the stats tell us we're only good for a few seconds these days, and then we're off in other directions, and those apps, they feed into that. But anyway, Luke chapter 9, we're going to go to the next slide, thanks. Now, um, let me just give you a little bit of context here. So Jesus, there it's like Jesus is doing his kingdom ministry life. It's, it's breaking out all over the place. Um, he's just um, everywhere he's walking, and not only walking, he's even in boats, <laughs> He's even in boats going across water, you know, areas that are experiencing storms and waves. And so he, he, he just, you know, stands up and he, with, verbally, he just talks to waves. Stop it. <laughs> and they stop. And then, and then he, he, he sees people that are just obviously manifestly all racked up and ruined by demonic influence and powers in their life. And he just says to them, to the demons that are in, in people. He just says, you, out. And people get, like, come into their right mind and get completely internally transformed and reorganised and their whole life becomes new. Jesus, um, you know, he's, he's, he's walking along one day and, and even the synagogue leader, his name's Jairus, and he's, he, he jumps in the middle of the crowd and he says, hey, Jesus, you need to come to my house. My daughter is unwell. And Jesus says, oh, all right, I'll make my way. But he gets interrupted by, by a dear woman who, who has had an issue of bleeding for 12 years. And she's just like, now's my moment. I'm going to grab him. And so she just reaches out and grabs Jesus' garment and she's healed. And Jesus is like, whoa, hang on. Something's happening here. He could feel power going out of him. And he stops and he says, who's touched me? And this dear woman, you know, all of a sudden from all of the hiddenness and the shame and the isolation of what her condition had culturally kept her captive to, she'd reached out towards Jesus and now Jesus brings her out into the middle of the world and the audience and he says, the kingdom is upon you. You are healed. Jesus restores her. He restores her health. He restores her dignity. He restores her place in culture and society. Woo, what a Jesus. He does all of that. And then... But at the same time, Jairus is a bit cranky because now his daughter has died because Jesus got held up healing someone else. And Jesus says to Jairus, okay, don't worry about it. So anyway, he goes and raises her from the dead. Um, and then after all of this, Jesus then gets a whole group of people together in, in, in 12 others. And he says, now, get out of here. Go and do what you've seen me doing. And when you go, don't take a big load of stuff with you. Just go. Travel light. Tell them what I tell them. The kingdom of God is at hand. 
The rule and reign of God is here. Heal their sick. They were his, that, was his, that was his commissioning statement. Proclaim the kingdom, heal the sick. And the texts tell us uh, right through the Gospels, everywhere then the disciples went, people were getting healed and they were, getting, they were hearing about the good news of the kingdom of God has finally come. Israel's Messiah has come. And so all of this is going on. Luke 9 Verses 1 to 6. So you can kind of get the sense of momentum that's happening. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and heal the sick. And he told them, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people don't welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Healing people everywhere. We in the vineyard, we believe that when Jesus sent out the twelve, And then another chapter later, he sends out another 72. And then when Jesus is resurrected, he sends out a a commission for anyone that's a follower of his in Matthew 28. And then into the early church, there's this multiplication factor of thousands of people are drawn up into this very quickly and suddenly. We believe that God is inviting us to all be a part of his kingdom that brings signs and wonders and miracles Signs and wonders is what it looks like when God has his way rescuing people. When God has his way setting people free from the power of sin. When God has his way in seeing the oppressed and the downtrodden liberated. It's what it looks like when brokenness and even the powers that are evil and corrupt that are at work in the earth and the heavens are overcome. We believe that this is daily life following Jesus. So my question is, when was the last time we cast out a demon? My question is, when was the last time we actually, from our mouth, shared our story that Jesus is good news to another person in the course of a day? When was the last time we risked being naturally supernatural when our friends or our family members or even our, you know, people in walking along the beach or in the shopping centre, we are drawn by the Holy Spirit toward them to share God's love and share God's heart? When did we enact our faith? When did we... Risk the way of Jesus last. Now, please don't let your own self-condemnation or the condemnation of the enemy get all over you in a moment like this because that's not what this is about. Just park all that stuff over there at the cross. Just park it over there and leave it there and come alive into your true identity in the resurrection of Jesus. You're a child of the King. You're a son and a daughter of our Father in heaven. Jesus Christ is your first risen brother from the grave. And you've been filled with the Holy Spirit of God. 
to do and live fully alive to God. We believe that that is what we're about. Signs and wonders. Um, let's just quickly jump onto the next, um, the next slide, if I could. Signs. You know, I remember the first time Nicole and I, we travelled overseas. We went from Townsville. We're in our mid-20s. We went from Townsville to San Francisco. And then from San Francisco to a few other places. But I tell you, when we got to San Francisco, it was just like, oh my goodness. This place is huge. It's big. There's so much going on. And to be honest, we kind of, on arrival, we, we felt lost and confused. And in that moment, I'll never forget, a little bit of wisdom, my dad dropped in my ear on the way, just before we got on the plane. Ah, oh, thank God for wisdom, hey? And thank God it comes through our parents. Yeah, you can thank God for that. It's all right. Anyway, um, he said to me, he said, mate, when you get there, those airports in America are really big and very busy. He said, if you feel lost, stop right where you are and look up and you will find a sign that will tell you which way you need to go. And, you know, it was the best bit of wisdom. We were just looking for the bus to get from the airport to the hotel and we were lost. And yet we just stopped in all of the craziness and we just looked up and there it was. That's the bus company we need. That's where we need to go. I will follow that sign and it took us to the taxi point that we needed and got us to our hotel. Signs play this wonderful little role in our life. They help point the way. Signs give us direction when we are lost. They also help us to know right where we explain right where we are. It helps us to understand, oh, I'm I'm located here in this moment. Signs also encourage us to keep moving. They kind of prod us. Keep moving. Keep moving. You'll get there. Keep moving. They help us keep moving. Signs also tell us when we're going the wrong way. You ever seen some of those? Wrong way. Turn back. (laughs) Signs. Kingdom life, we as Jesus people, we become a signpost to our world to our friends and to our families. People, when they engage with us, they realise that we are a signpost to some, something, somewhere else, someone else, something else that they've been looking to find their way in. And those signs often come very dramatically. Sometimes we pray for the sick and they're just demonstrably healed. Or a moment like Neil was explaining in a supermarket, in a shopping centre, where all of a sudden, not only did those people experience, have just experienced the good news of discovering that they were expecting a child, but then the first people along were these Jesus people who were able to bless that child in the name of the King himself. How wonderful. Neil and his little crew were a sign pointing to something bigger than you're on the way yes you're, 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 you're pregnant now but there's a bigger story here there's someone 
something else over here that's trying to get your attention. Keep going. It's Jesus. Signs are a wonderful thing. And we, when it comes to being disciples of Jesus, who carry out his ministry, our life is meant to be a signpost. When was the last time that you realised and had that moment that, you know what, God's using me to point to another bigger reality. Use me, Lord. I want to be a sign of your presence in this earth. Now, in this context, I'm not just talking about living a nice life. I'm not just talking about living a moral life. I'm not just talking about living a a disciplined life. I'm talking about a life that is given over to the dynamic power of God breaking in with healing and miracles. That's the context I'm talking about here. Oh, I want to be a sign in that kind of environment, that context. When was the last time we were a sign in that kind of a context? Wonders. Can we go to the next one? Thanks, mate. Signs and wonders. Wonders. They leave you with that sense of, well, what was that all about? Recently, I mentioned it a few weeks ago, you know, God's been generously pouring out his spirit in this one particular university in, in um, the United States in Tennessee called the Asbury um, University and the Holy Spirit's been poured out there and people and students from all over the world have kind of trailed in there to get a sense of what's God doing here. And I, anyway, I was watching this little video that someone's made, it's like a seven minute video and Um, And in the course of the video, it's kind of trying to get a snapshot of what's actually happening there. And I remember this one young lady, university student, she's sharing her experience. And and she says um, in in that context of God's spirit being poured out and people all of a sudden, their hearts being opened up to the reality of God's love for them in Jesus and people giving their life to Christ and people uh, for the first time and people being recommitting their lives to Jesus and and then people who are just thirsty for that sense of God's presence in their life being drawn from all over the world to get there. She says this, she says, well, when I was standing there in the hallway and I looked at what was happening inside, I said to myself, I'm... I'm unsure of what everyone's experiencing in there. I'm unsure, but I want what they have. When the Spirit of the Lord is on our life, often we leave people wondering, not about us, but about God. And that somehow, in the, in the goodness and the kindness of God, they're, they're mysteriously drawn by God's revelation through our life that we would even attempt to pray for someone to be healed that's a stranger to us or share something that's on our heart for a stranger while we're waiting in line at Woolworths or just open our life up in such a way that people will go, I wonder what that was all about. And I wonder who that's all about. 
You see, signs and wonders, wonders awaken our cognitive intelligence to think again. Because it was like that story I shared at the very beginning. God operated outside of my box. He did something that challenged my framework of thinking and I had to think again. That's actually the, 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 the root word underneath that is called repentance. It's like I'm no longer so cognitively proud that I think I've got this whole life thing sorted out, squared away, locked in, and it's on my terms. When all of a sudden something happens outside the box where it's clearly God interrupting my life and I'm left wondering, what is all this about? And I'm strangely drawn to God, but it means I have to surrender my frameworks. I have to think again. I have to repent I have to not be so belligerent. Remember our first lesson this year? What was that hashtag? Psalm 32, don't be a... That was nice. Donkey's not quite right, but never mind. Mule, someone said it over here. Mule, 10 points for you. Uh, Seven and a half. Uh, But yeah, don't be a mule. Don't be so cognitively belligerent and proud as to say, I have it all sorted out. I am the master of my own destiny I am the king of my own story and, and, and it's on my terms no matter what I see happening around me. It's, it's no longer being that belligerent. It's that cognitive humility to go, hang on a minute, I need to think again. Where is God asking you and me in this season? Hey, repent. Think again. You've got me nicely squared away and you've got me happily doing the stuff you want me to do in the corner over here. But if you just let me take the entirety of your heart, your whole mind, your whole life, I will completely radicalise you by love and power and authority that comes from your maker of the heaven and earth who breathed into you while you were still in your mother's womb. Be transformed. Be changed forever. Repent. Think again. Humble yourself and think again. Wonders draw our imaginations yet again to seeing God. Where we've grown cold or cynical, all of a sudden our imaginations begin to go, I wonder if that was God. I wonder if that circumstance might change if God were to interrupt it with his love and kingdom. I I wonder. Signs and wonders. Wonders also reveal to us that we are small and God is big. And wonders reveal to us that we're living in a story. We're actually living in a story and a moment that is much, much bigger than our own making. And yet we're humble enough to acknowledge it. That's what wonders, where they lead us. Signs and wonders. When the inbreaking power of God comes, they speak, they point, they leave us wondering, really? Really? God is real? Jesus is the Lord? He is the Son of God? Really? John Wimber said it like this. If we could go to the next slide. Thanks, mate, Isaac. John Wimber said it like this. He said, Christian signs and wonders, and I underline that because there's lots of other types of signs and wonders as well, but we're talking about the power structure of who God is, as revealed through Jesus, okay? So Christian signs and wonders are beyond rationality. 
but they serve a rational purpose. And that is to authenticate the gospel. The gospel being the good news of the kingdom of God. The gospel is opposed to the pluralistic lie that says all religious experience is equally valid. Signs and wonders validate or point to or keep going, you're almost there, and leave you wondering about Christ's sacrifice on the cross and his lordship over every area of our lives. That's, that's just a great statement right there. It leaves us wondering about Jesus. It leaves us wondering about his death. It leaves us wondering about his, the power of his resurrection on the third day. And it leaves us wondering about what is it like if Jesus was the Lord of every part of who I am and my daily living? How will that if, interact with my being a childcare worker? my being a nurse, my being a, a, an office secretary, and being a PA, being a mum, being a father. How will that intersect, being a grandparent and more? I think Wimber's right here in this statement. Signs and wonders ministry that we're all called into and empowered by Jesus' very commissioning words to go into all the world and make disciples and do what he does I think Wimber's statement is right here, that the ultimate place and purpose of all of this power, all of these miracles, all of these signs and wonders is to validate Jesus as Lord. It's all pointing in one direction. It's all calling us on to imagine, to be renewed, to repent and say, Jesus is Lord. Now, what on earth? do we do with signs and wonders? Well, there's this moment in the book of Acts. If we can go on to the next slide. Thanks, mate. We're finishing here. And in this, in this moment, in the book of Acts, on, in Acts chapter 2, um, the Holy Spirit's being poured out. Uh, people are being filled by the Holy Spirit. Uh, people are speaking in tongues. Um. It's a rather dynamic experience, to say the least. <laughs> Lots is going on in this moment. And the people that are in that moment, they, they yell out to Peter. Because Peter is there. This is his first public preach. God's pouring out his spirit and Peter's like, this is what was prophesied would happen. Go back and check Joel. He said, this is going to happen in the last days where God's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh, men, women, children, young, old, slave, free. He, God is going to indiscriminately be generous to every bit of flesh on the earth. He's going to pour out his spirit. And let me just reassure you, he has not stopped doing that since that moment to this. He is pouring out his Holy Spirit and what happens to people when they realise that that sign and that wonder is starting to intersect with their life, it's starting to fall on them, they call out. And it says that God, well, Luke, when he saw this was happening, he wrote it down in Acts chapter 2. Dr. Luke wrote it down. He says, there's a crowd of people there and they said, what do we do? What do we do in response to this? And Pete gets the gumption up and he says this. I love it. He says, repent. 
Think again. Don't be so proud. Just think again and be baptised. Be like thoroughly, fully immersed in the reality of who Jesus Christ is, the one who came, lived, died and rose again. Be baptised. Be so thoroughly immersed. The Greek word is to, to be dipped into the reality of Jesus, to like a piece of cloth that's white, be dipped into purple dye, and as you go into the purple dye, you take on the colour of the dye and you come up a completely transformed um, piece of material. You've gone from white to purple. You've been transformed and yet there's this similarity that's still recognisably there. He says, repent and be baptised. Now, we do that, don't we? I'm hazarding most of us in this room have probably been baptised. We get in the water. It's a baptism of forgiveness. We get in the water. We get in the tank, the bathtub, the pool, the ocean, whatever it is that we get into, we get into it and we, someone stands with us and we say, I baptise you in the name of God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and we immerse them under the water and we hold them under there just long enough So they realise that, I hope they let me up (laughs) just long enough. And we bring them up in the revelation and the experience that I have now been completely identified into and grafted into the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I am no longer who I once was. I am now a brand new creation of God learning to live this new life. That's what you do. Be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting because he's saying there's like an order to it. We tend to read it like an order. But what he's actually saying is the Holy Spirit is already coming upon you and that's why you're repenting and that's why there's this thing in you saying, I need to be immersed in that. I need to be transformed by this Jesus, the Son of God. I need to know what it means to have a a, a conscience that's guilt-free and forgiven. It's because the Holy Spirit is already on you. That's why you're changing your mind. That's why you're coming to Christ. And he says this beautiful, beautiful declaration. And I want to remind those of you who have children or grandchildren who are wondering about the salvation and well-being of your children. This is the activity of God and he is given to it. This promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all who will call, whom the Lord our God will call. God's calling people to himself. Your children and your grandchildren are not beyond the loving reach of a God who in his own great wisdom and love and timing will draw them to himself at at the right moment because he's he's drawing a story of their life that that will be their testimony that will tell the world, God reached me when I felt unreachable and he came to me. And I changed my mind. He drew me. And now I give thanks because Jesus is my Lord. What do you do in a moment like this when signs and wonders come? Well, you repent. 
and you get immersed in Jesus. And not only do you do it in like a spiritual activity, but like every single aspect of your whole life gets immersed in the Lordship of Jesus. So who would like to be immersed in the reality of Jesus with a signs and wonders life? I think there's many of us in this room, this whole signs and wonders thing, it's been on the back burner. It's been way, way, way on the back burner. It's kind of like, it's like a coal that's almost gone out. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's here today to breathe on that. To breathe on that aspect of your discipleship with Jesus. If you would like the Holy Spirit to breathe again on this aspect of your discipleship with Jesus as Lord, and that your whole life would get messy, even like Jordan Singh said, why don't you just stand up right where you are and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to breathe upon you today. Let's get messy. Come and have your way, God. That was a beautiful song. There must be more than this. Oh, breath of God, come breathe within. There must be more than this. Spirit of God, we wait for you. There must be more than this. Fill us anew, we pray. Fill us anew, we pray. Now, Holy Spirit, I pray that for everyone that's standing up, arms wide open, hearts wide open to you, would you come now and fill them? Fill them. Fill them with your power. Fill them with your presence. Fill them with a revelation of Jesus is the Son of God. He is a good King. He is their Lord. Fill them again. And I pray now for the immersing reality of a season. A season. It's going to get messy. Oh my gosh, this is going to get messy. This this is going to get, this is going to like invade all quarters. (laughs) It's going to invade in the shops, in our cars, in just around the dinner table. It's going to get messy. It's the Spirit of God answering our prayer. Fill us anew, we pray, Lord. Fill us anew, we pray. Let signs and wonders and the reality of the kingdom of God, healing and miracles, signs and wonders, let them break out in and through us, we pray. Come, Holy Spirit. We wait for you. I'm just going to just take a second here. We're waiting on the Holy Spirit. Focus on him in this moment. Focus on the Spirit. There's a whole gifting of tongue speaking that's grown quiet in you. I, I call it back to life again in the name of Jesus. That beautiful grace of tongue speaking. It's an edifying grace from God that builds you up in your most holy faith of risking following King Jesus. So I, I bless you, the gift of tongues, to, just to flow so beautifully once again where it's been silent or stilled. Breathe, breathe again, Holy Spirit, on that wonderful gift. Let, let, let the gift of tongues just flow again in your people and through your people more. Let the power of your Spirit increase even more. We just look at what you're doing, we see what you're doing, and we bless it, and we say thank you and do more. God, would you just empower them, immerse them now. 
Receive the Holy Spirit. That's it, mate. Let the joy of the Lord be upon you. <laughs> the joy of the Holy Spirit is on you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. More, more for you, Craig. More for you. The Holy Spirit is just moving in the room now. Thank you, Lord. Tavia, the Holy Spirit is resting on you. He is rest. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. I, I, I just see that um, particularly on your back, particularly on your back, I feel like I see the, the, the Holy Spirit's just saying, hey, I'm, I'm resourcing you again, Tavia, where you felt burdened and weighed down. I'm, I'm, I'm resourcing you again with the power of my spirit to do the work of the kingdom right where I've got you, right where I've got you. There's an empowering taking place again in you and for you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Kevin, the Holy Spirit is on you. <laughs> now, thank you, Lord. Just fill him up right where he is, Lord. Fill him up. Fill him up. That's it. It's Lee and Sylvia. It's like it's all it's happening all across the room right now. It's happening. Immerse us, Lord. Fill us up. Fill us up. Fill us up. Fill us up. Andrew, the Spirit of the Lord's on you too. I can see him on you. I can see him on you. I can see him on you. That's it. More, more Sylvia. More, Lord, just bless Sylvia more. To Thank you, Holy Spirit. We just welcome the supernatural presence of your kingdom among us. Help us get comfortable with this stuff, Lord. Help us get comfortable. Help us get comfortable. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hey, if, I, I, if, if you would like some more um, prayer into this stuff this morning, I just want to invite you to feel free to come on down here. But I'm, I'm aware of the time, and so I'm just going to bless you now. If you have to go, you feel free to go. But if you would like more, if you've if you got that sense of the Holy Spirit's drawing me for more, I, I want more of this, then just toddle down the front here, and we're going to just continue to pray together for a bit more. Okay? But otherwise, I'm going to bless you. If you have to go and take off, that's fine. But I feel like there's still a few people here that um, the Lord's going to keep ministering to. So just toddle down the front and we'll, we'll, we'll pray with you. Okay, otherwise, God bless you. Thanks for coming to the vineyard today. Jump into a small group through the course of a week. That's it. And look for the in-breaking power of the Holy Spirit this week in where your feet find themselves. <laughs> and watch the kingdom come with signs and wonders as you put your hand to what God's doing in your life. And through your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming.